Hello, everyone, to your not so schedule <laughs> <laughs> No, we gotta keep it, keep it, keep it. Welcome, everyone, to your not so schedule, not so regularly scheduled pre roll. Um, <laughs> wow. If you're wondering, hey, why the fuck are Reed and Amelia talking at the beginning of the episode instead of in the middle? For of the second time. <laughs> for the second time. Well, uh, we took a little bit of a break over the holidays. We are just starting to get into our most recent arc, which is fun. And in the meantime, since that bun is still in the oven, this is our holiday special that we actually recorded in December. We're super excited to share it with you. It was GM'd by Amelia, the lovely Amelia. Hello. We all got to play really fun one-off characters. If you're a Patreon supporter of Aubrey and Aki's podcast, Goblets and Gays, then you probably would have heard our characters or just known their characters that they're playing from the Nowhere universe when they played Lancer. Yes, so they have made it canon now in my universe. <laughs> You'll see a couple familiar faces as well. Lots of chaos. Oh yeah, this was very chaotic. Also, it's hilarious because Amelia and I got boosted like that day. We were feeling good, and then we started recording, and especially I was like, oh shit. I was fine. <laughs> but it was an absolute blast. Everyone had a great time, and we're excited to share this little fun, light fluff with you before we dig into the next big arc of the proper uh, Bring Your Own Mech storyline. Similar to our Q&A from last week, you have access to the first half of this. Patreon supporters, however, immediately get access to the full two-hour <laughs> session. Well, it was oh, more yeah. like a three-and-a-half-hour session boiled down to two hours. Uh, I'm not tired. You're tired. <laughs> so basically, we're giving you one episode where there would be probably two from this session. If you are not a Patreon supporter, well... Our Patreon is patreon.com slash bringyourownmech, and it is a $5 minimum pay-what-you-want to access all rewards of any tiers, which is pretty cool. All of the bonus episode stuff, our blooper reels, art, other just, like, random stuff that we update it with. We try and update it as frequently as we can with extra things here and there. You get all of it. Speaking of Patreon support... We want to give a huge shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, Alex Zapolsky. Thank you, Alex Zapolsky. Alex, hopefully I can call you Alex. Uh, thank you so much for being our patron. And thank you to all of our current patrons. And, you know, like, honestly, it's such a huge honor that you would consider throwing us a few bucks a month in the first place. That you like our show and what we do that much means a lot to us because obviously we, we don't make really anything off of this. This is a labor of love and we do it completely in our spare time. So uh, it's really cool that our uh, our listeners think that's uh, something worth patronizing. So thank you for, for that. <laughs> it's worth patronizing. Well, that's the word. Okay. That's the word for it's patronizing. I know. I've always heard it in the negative context. I, I, I know. 
our listeners throughout the episode may not know where some of the mechs come from because they are not from the big four. They're not from the core book. Yes, yes, explain. In the episode, you will hear Aubrey, who's playing Oleander, piloting the Sagittarius from Kaitev's Field Guide to Sultan. I'll be sure to add a link in the description below. And then, of course, our lovely Reed is <laughs> reprising their role as Dr. Fijian in yes. the DRC Co. Curie, which is also in the description because it's the one that I made. Sadly, in this one, I don't make it go boom on screen. Yeah, you make it boom a little bit. Off screen, I make go boom. <laughs> but if you want to hear me make a mech go boom and kill a god, then I would highly recommend subscribing to the Goblets and Gaze Patreon where the full Nowhere series is located. If you'd like to chat with us or and support our show, tell us uh, you know, what your favorite flavor of ice cream is. Uh, and if you don't like ice cream, then tell us your favorite flavor of gum or something. We are active in two discords, the PilotNet Discord, which is the official Lancer Massive Press Discord. In the active campaigns section of the server, we are Bring Your Own Max. We're towards the bottom, but we're there. Come say hi. Otherwise, you can find us in the Cast Junkie server, which is for uh, indie podcasts. And we are towards the top of their actual play section. Um, also, the Bring Your Own Mech channel. If you'd like to chat with me, with the cast, and other fans of the show, come say hi to us there. We would love to see you. And in fact, that is our favorite thing, is when fans find us on Discord and yell at us about the show. You can also find us on Twitter, at OwnMech. You can follow us there for updates about episodes, occasional random stuff. If you already followed us on Twitter, you might have seen that uh, last month we were actually nominated for the podcast that rolls like family in the TTRPGIF Awards. Okay, I feel like I can't say that word. TTRPGIF Awards? There we go. Thank you. Someone can say it. I said GIF, though. GIF or GIF? Tell us in one of our Discord server channels. I like my fans. I'm not going to pit them against each other. <laughs> no, you will fight to the death over this pronunciation. The award ceremony is this Saturday. I think it will be live, probably on Twitch. We'll be definitely updating on if you can watch all that. There will be speeches. There's a lot of really cool other actual plays that we are both competing against and also watching competing against each other. It's amazing. I'm absolutely floored that we're just surrounded by so much talent and that we even got nominated. We are baby. <laughs> we are baby. But, you know, I, I'm biased, but they have good taste. Um, <laughs> good taste in baby. <laughs> we'll see what this weekend holds. I might even dress up for it. I don't know. Before we completely lose our minds, uh, what's our last announcement? There are plenty of ways to, if you like our show, to help support us. First of all, you can follow us on Twitter. You can also uh, tweet at us on Twitter if you want. We get a huge kick out of that. You can also rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and Spotify now does rate podcasts. You can go all the way to whatever the max star allotment is 
that will do us just fine because we depend a lot on word of mouth. So getting the word out there. We know y'all are doing a good job because we've been getting uh, a good amount of listens in the past month. So thank you all for that. Otherwise, when's our next episode coming out, Amelia? Well, we have a very special guest on our next episode, which will be out on February 10th. Are we announcing a special guest now or are we doing that later? We can officially announce in the episode. Boy, howdy, we already got the first episode with her recorded and it was an absolute blast and I can't wait for the next few. So strap on in. Enjoy chaotic holiday miracles of life (laughs) and death and explosions. Mostly explosions. Back to the episode. Happy listening and uh, have a nice life. (laughs) (laughs) Get it, get it, get it. I get. I have to start this now. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. Uh, you are in the hot seat. Oh, I hate the hot seat. I'd like a lukewarm seat. Uh, <laughs> hello, everyone, and welcome back to a very special episode of Bring Your Own Mech. My name is Nod Reed. My pronouns are not they, them. And today... <laughs> If you're listening to this, this is our very special holiday episode where Reed is going to be in the player seat for once, and I am Yay! stepping up to GM this incredibly chaotic crew. Oh my god, I am nervous. <laughs> Hi, I'm Amelia. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on Twitter at am underscore rids underscore music. And today I am not playing Macha. I'm playing everyone that's not... Matcha. Matcha. <laughs> or <laughs> I'm Reed. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. Today, I am not playing everyone else. I'm actually playing a player character today called Dr. Marie Meitner, a.k.a. call sign Fission, a.k.a. Dr. Fission. Dusty, who are you? What, what's your internet? That's <laughs> my internet. So I have, um, no, hi, I'm Dusty. I'm no, that, 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 whatever. I'm, hi, I'm Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> I use he, they pronouns. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dusty Hill or the person behind the Well Season Stories Twitter at Season Stories. Um, and today I'm not playing Zoro Low. I am playing Constance Low, uh, call sign Bruja. Hello, I'm Aubrey She, her pronouns. You can find me everywhere on the internet at Mad Queen Cosplay, and I am also the GM of Goblins and Gays on Around and Gary. Bunch of other things. You can find links to that there. Uh, I am also not playing uh, Sarah Sawyer Davenport, call sign Silver. I am playing Olivia Sorrell, call sign Oleander this time, whose pronouns are also she, her. Hello, I'm Aki. My pronouns are she, her. And tonight, I am not playing Vim Zaheer Bomb Vanderpump Greenagel Dow the third. No, instead, I'm just playing Dow. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, call sign Dave Rick, pronouns are he, him. I can't wait to introduce him to y'all. Y'all already know him, but I can't wait mm. to introduce him. Hell yes. We know him, but we don't know him. Welcome, everyone, to the most wonderful time of the year. No, I don't mean the pre-foundation holiday season where people frequently punched each other out in order to get crappy deals on Black Friday. No, not that <laughs> wonderful time of the year. I'm talking about when the hoity-toity brass of the biggest mech manufacturers come together to create the greatest tour this side of the Kunlun line. I'm talking about the Charity Chassis Conventions, or C3 for short. This tour has absolutely everything. Presentations on the hottest new mech gear, fan panels, even a mech petting zoo if you're lucky enough to beat the lines. The best part is that since it's hosted and sponsored by Union and GMS, it stops at every blink space gate and is absolutely free. Funny enough though, Lancers typically shy away from making appearances since it usually involves a slurry of questions, techies trying to get at your ride. Regardless, you four Lancers find yourself in the loading bay of the GMS Point of Order, the official interstellar luxury freighter big enough to hold C3 this year. Some of you made your way here by necessity. Others were hired by one Chandra Ori for a very special task. Why don't we go around and just briefly describe your character uh, and what they're doing there? I do have one question, actually, for Aubrey. Because I know yeah. that, Aubrey, you're playing Oleander from the Nowhere universe, correct? Yep. Is this pre or post Nowhere? What would you like? I can do either. Uh, GM, what would you like? I'll put this out now. I imagine this is soft canon in that it doesn't necessarily happen at one particular instance that is like quantifiable, but it does happen within BYOM's general timeline. Are Oleander and I here together, uh, working together, or is this like a chance meeting that we have before our clandestine nowhere experience? I think it would be really funny if this was post nowhere. I agree. Uh, how do you feel about that, Aubrey? I'm I'm good with it. Let's do it. Should we start with Oleander then, since you have the connection? Yeah. You know, Oleander is here because of the getting paid by Chandra Ori, and uh, Oleander's, you know, kind of tall, kind of lanky, has sort of like one of those like cropped hoodies, and it is currently like pulled up over her head. You can see like a little bit of like her messy uh bluish hair that's kind of like fallen out and it's in a bit of a, like a side shave she definitely looks like she's been in a fight recently she's got like a bandage over the nose and like probably like a bruise or two on her face pretty much the rest of her clothing is dark athletic easy to move around in mm, let's go next to fission not far behind oleander is dr fission uh, Dr. Marie Meitner is the holder of many, many PhDs and is here because there is money involved and, you know, labs need funding. That's the thing is, you know, when you have somebody like jo Joey Firebird in your lab, you got to do what you can to keep them happy. They so, break a lot of things. They break a lot of things. So does Dr. Meitner. Uh, things tend to explode, but usually on purpose. And Dr. Fission is also kind of a, I want to say that Dr. Fission looks a lot like an even more androgynous David Bowie in Labyrinth, if you can imagine that. 
I can I can see that, but also like I remember the drawing you made for Nowhere, and I just kept thinking they looked like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle villain. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Okay, so they look like a cross between more androgynous David Bowie from Labyrinth mm-hmm. and a TMNT villain. They are always wearing their crisp uh, white lab coat over, I don't know, regular street clothes. Like, generally, they just look like they walked out of the lab. Their hair is still in the mullet. It looks very much like a COVID mullet now, where before it looked a little bit smarter. Well, the smarter I do in air quotes. Now it's a grown-out COVID mullet. And their eyes have this kind of luminescent green quality to them, very much like what you would imagine radiation would look like. Maybe it doesn't actually look like that. It's usually like blue or something, but I like green, so it's green. They have a really fancy cocktail in their hand, like in a very fancy glass, but they have like a little straw that they're just sort of obnoxiously like sipping at the bottom, making that really annoying straw sucking sound. And they're, they're just kind of uh, literally just at Oleander's heels, just kind of looking at everything and making comments here and there, generally being a smart ass. I love it. Up next, uh, either Bruja or Daybreak. So Bruja, she, like, I wouldn't say a little bit average height, so somewhere like between like five, six, five, seven, kind of like a buzz cut hair. With, uh, she has tattoos, uh, like thin line tattoos going from the side of her head to the back. Very stern looking face and always like walks with purpose. She has a thing where it's, what's heterochromia? The eye thing? Two different eye colors. Yeah. Yeah, that. She is a commander of a Merc Academy called Needlepoint. And I think even on her thing where she's not like doing those duties, I'm pretty sure that they still have kind of like a commander uniform almost where it's like just those perm pressed and iron like pants and a jacket but the jacket is sleeveless because they can and yes and finally uh Dao our favorite older brother over by probably seated somewhere circular so that way the room can see him you wouldn't see essentially a socialite a galactic influencer a famous merc and streaming personality that's right voted the sexiest bitch in the galaxy two years in a row you see a tall hunky man in a tight black hard suit with a black crop top that says what's up viminals in bright neon pink with perfect hair a fat ass and his only flaw quote unquote is a single long thin scar that runs down his left eye and that's Dao sitting watching drinking a little bit because you can't pilot a mech without being a little fucked up <laughs> is he single I need a minute. <laughs> who knows i think i just fell in love with this fictional character Ah, the yes. galaxy doesn't know but the galaxy wants what the galaxy wants and Dao is here to deliver He's also like 35-ish. That's okay. I don't care about the age difference. Oh my god. You're all in this loading ship. You have your mechs probably like a few feet away. It's like a hardy freighter uh, loading into the side of it. And as you're waiting for like the decompression door to open, you all just kind of like look at your Pip-Boy-esque watches and see the face of your supposed target. Earlier, at some time, you're all standing 
in the office of one Chandra Ori. He's looking a little exhausted. You don't know exactly why, unless you're Dao, and then you know exactly why. And he <laughs> has this hollow display of a man's face that you've never seen before. He kind of has like a blonde mullet that's like just perfectly slicked back. He has like this purple dyed, like glittery, sparkly beard. Uh, and he also has an eye patch. And Chandra continues on to say, Well, this is your target, I suppose, for this. This is Wallace Matova. He is the head of Modem, and it's delivering the capstone at C3 this year. And I don't know the specifics of it, but I do know that I have a lot of stock in Modem anyways. All he asks is that you protect him and whatever he's shit he's showing off. I don't necessarily care as long as it brings in that money. Any questions? So how much trouble were you expecting? Uh, well, that's the thing. Like, modems Yes, are... how much explosives should I pick? Oh my god, why did we... <sighs> Anyways, you've seen C3 before. This place is decked out with all the security stuff. Even the goddamn mech petting zoo. Like, they have a failsafe, for Christ's sakes. They do? Yeah, supposedly they're supposed to oh. uh, actually go online if anything were to go wrong in the building. The weapons are in safe mode until that happens, but for some reason, Wallace is particularly nervous. Hmm. And for more context, uh, Modem is basically Lancer's version of Fitbit. <laughs> they specialize in like. In home exercise and. No, more. Because like you. Calorie management? <laughs> No, it's more about like making data more accessible to you and for whoever you decide to share it with. Similar to like how Fitbit's ah. like known for the bracelet that like tracks sleeping, track caloric intake. Modems like that, but even more future. Tracks for every movement for the government. What? I mean, possibly. If they didn't expect too much to go wrong, then why are they hiring a bunch of mercs? Well, he's nervous about a group of individuals in particular. And um, three faces show up on the screen. One is a kind of tan man with hair also slicked back, uh, but like very oily. And he kind of has like a little like hazy look to in his eye. The next is a very put together woman, braids dripping down the side of her head. And the other is just a completely pale man with bandages covering his eyes and his mouth. And he goes on to say, Normally, I don't care about what goes on in Union space, but supposedly these three have escaped custody. They're known to be absolutely brutal pilots, excellent in their field. We have Hacker Supreme, we have an engineer, and we have... I honestly don't know about that last weird guy. He kind of freaks me out. But apparently his big... <laughs> big. His neck has a big dick? <laughs> I think that's what they said, yes. Yeah, that's dick. what I heard. I meant to say... Oh my god. His chassis is massive. His big dick? Oh my his god. His ass is... is massive? I swear to God, this is the second most chaotic group that I've had to deal with. I'm stumbling all over myself. <laughs> Anyways. Second? Well, I'm offended. What can I do to make it the first? Don't be named your sister. <laughs> oh, never mind. I'm good with being second. Thanks. <laughs> Anyways, look, Wallace is just, he's a showy man. 
just kind of put him at ease. Shouldn't have to worry about anything. And then, fortunately, uh, you're going to reap the benefits if everything goes over well. I've personally added some stock to modem in your name and if what he says is going to come true uh prices should go up by like 500 percent by the end of the day okay but what if prices go down you know what uh, let me worry about it i'll give you your comeuppance how about that okay shit man <laughs> fine regardless you will get paid a substantial fee that's good it's no. no i like the sound of it any questions? Uh, so what they're telling me is that, so if he likes a show, do you think he would like a little tasteful explosion? No. A very controlled explosion. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, they're space animals. I hate to say it, Doctor, but he is a very showy man, and I do know for a fact he has planned pyrotechnics or some light show nonsense oh i don't God. know i would talk to him personally about that but if you blow up the goddamn gms point of order i swear to god yeah i, I can't help you if you do that i i understand i i, I get it uh, civilian casualties and all that perhaps i will speak to this man myself uh, thank you chandra yeah all right i have another meeting to get to would you please kindly vacate the office you hear chaotic noises outside of the door. <laughs> Whatever you say, Unky Chandra, I get up, I give you like a like the sexiest finger guns you've ever seen, hair swoosh, oh. defying gravity, and and then I wink and I just back the fuck out. Chandra kind of like nervously raises a single like bisexual finger gun and goes, "What?" I have that effect on people. How how do these work? Um, he just stares at his hand like, oh my god. <laughs> Back in the present, you all have the uh, visual file of Wallace. And while you're kind of like looking at it to actually find this person, the door to the GMS point of order opens. And inside is massive. You'd be forgiven for thinking it was an actual city. I guess the comparison would be like if Times Square were completely bought out by Jordan's furniture and put inside. That's a very <laughs> oddly specific, but very no, like good that's... visual representation. There are these like actual buildings. Like you see these like floats labeled C3 and massive tents that are like in the actual street, which when you step on, you realize it's not actual concrete. You reach down and touch with your hands. It's black velvet. What? So incredibly extra. There's like an artificial sky with like multicolored stars. And the street that you found yourself on, uh, Main Street, leads to a massive amphitheater way down on the end. And like on the way, you can see the famous mech petting zoo. <laughs> Most notably, you see a little kid climbing on what you assume to be an invisible metal mark. <laughs> He's just kind of floating in midair. I love that. That's so dangerous. <laughs> Sounds about right. They have like a, there's a really sleepy attendant going like, okay, one at a time. <laughs> one at a time, please. One at a time. <laughs> I can't afford to lose this one too. <laughs> Look, it's like, what does this button do? Oh my God. Oh, just don't hit What the... does this say? Ultimate destruction. Oh, it's in safe mode. You don't have to worry about that little one. Oh, darn. I know. I wanted to blow this whole place up. 
You and me both, kid. And he like takes a swig of like some mystery flask. <laughs> this is Dusty out of character. Are we essentially just kind of like the main event hasn't started, so what's their face isn't here yet? Yeah. In fact, you do see a big sign that says Capstone Modem. And from what you understand from the thing and from kind of like what the sign looks like, it looks like something about biotech specifically, which modem mm. has been, as you know, only like about data accessibility. That's concerning. Dr. Fisher, I think, elbows Oleander. Do, do you see that? Look, at uh, a biotech conference. Yeah. Oh, what do you think? And and Dr. Fission, by the way, is still sipping out of that really fancy cocktail glass with a straw and also is the classic anime uh, aesthetic design choice of either eyes or glasses, but never both. And right now it's glasses. <laughs> they just they just shine in the light. You can't see the eyes. Exactly. I, I actually want to draw this down <laughs> really bad. What is the information that I can see about the biotech conference part or part of this event? I'll say like with enough time and like enough prior information, you know that modem has been like going all right, but they haven't had like a real big breakthrough. And from what you understand, like whatever biotech they're about to dive into, very similar to how Apple didn't really corner the phone market until like that one press conference. It's similar to that, mm. in that whatever they think they're about to do is going to be massive. Okay, interesting. And I'll say, like, for the purposes of, like, expediency, you can just decide, like, whenever you get there, that the conference will be starting soon enough that, like, you can have your mechs close by, and you can actually meet with Wallace if you choose to. I think Constance would kind of, like, just kind of look around and just... Not directed at anyone, but kind of directed at everyone. Just, I just kind of want to make sure we don't see those fucks around here. Yeah, that was one of my ideas. Get up. This has got to be like a balcony bar or something. We get up there, you know, take a look around. Got a smart scope. Yeah, I'll say that this would warrant a roll. One person do it with accuracy, I'll say. I have read a situation. I have spot. Perfect, yeah. Either of those would work. I have a plus four for my read a situation. Ooh, you should read your situation. I'd say only one person because it's implied that, like, the accuracy would be just the general group helping out anyways. Uh, I mean, that's a 16. Thanks. Okay, yeah. So what do you notice? You don't see anything or anyone that looks like the people that you're assigned. Specifically, their names are Holly and Bo Ivy as well as uh, Silent, the weird pale guy. However, you do notice that like you're kind of scoping out, and it's not out of the ordinary, but you see what could be like a possible entrance and exit, in that at least some of like, the cargo bay doors are like Star Wars-like force fields, in that they don't really require a big door to open. It's more of like a big shield that you can kind of pass in and out through. But other than that, that is the only, like, insecure port, and it seems to be constantly monitored with people anyways. I am probably spouting off a lot of this and just, in a way that sounds a lot smarter than you would think she is from her <laughs> appearance. You know, probably be like, the uh, choke points here, here, here. If I was an assassin, I would probably pick one of these places to stage an ambush at. I think Constance just raises an eyebrow. Well, if you were an assassin, what would you do? 
Well, yeah, uh, if it was an assassin, I would definitely... It's going to be very chaotic, no matter what. There are so many people here, it is easy to slip in and out of the crowd without people noticing, and, you know, you definitely take advantage of that. Probably at least one sniper. I'd, I'd actually probably do two or three, but it looked, wait, there's only dealing with three people. So, a sniper somewhere up high to pick off people. Then they have a hacker. I'd have them disable as much security as I, as I could. And then I'd have one person for just brute forcing. See, uh, this is where you miss the trees for the forest. That you know it is an easier way to carry out this mission that you are proposing? What? Just blow up the portion of the ship that controls the shield. You see that shield that lets things in and out? If you get rid of that, it is vacuum of space. Boom. Everyone is dead. Problem solved. Mm -hmm. Well, homicidal doctor aside, if I was an assassin, I think the best bet for our group is uh, make it look like they hired one person instead of three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the head? I, I say three and a half and I look directly at Dr. Fission. <laughs> and they say... I say a half, simply because. And do you want to be the one that they see? Well, why not? I'm okay with that. I am. I do all of my best work when no one can see me anyways. Dr. Fission makes that really annoying straw-sucking noise again. Like... You're starting to draw the attention of some people, partially because they're really annoyed by your cup, but also for <laughs> the fact that you kind of like scan this place and it's really clear that you're the only people that are exceptional enough to be Lancers. I see. Oh no. Wait, is somebody trying to climb on my mech? No, 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 no. No one, no one is climbing on. The only climbing on mech is in the petting zoo. And it's very oh, clear, God. like, besides the metal mark, which is invisible, like, all the others have, like, this, like, big flash of, like, yellow warning tape on them. And they keep on spouting off stuff that's, like... <laughs> I am safe for children. <laughs> like, like, really robotic. <laughs> children must be accompanied by a adult at all times. Only one child at a time. I think Kansa just, well, why don't we give just a quick scan of the area? Uh, you two pointing to Oleander and Fission. You're a pair. I'm sorry, I'm not going with Fission anywhere. Yeah, it's okay. I'm, I'm used to working with them. What did I do? Buddy, you keep talking about blowing shit up and we have known each other for a total of maybe five words. <laughs> I think that Dr. Fission just shrugs. I was only stating the obvious. Well, we uh, each take perimeter and meet up at the petting zoo. Sounds good to me. Let's make sure we have all of our comms and everything synced before uh, we do this. I'd hate to have something happen and not be able to get a hold of anybody. I'll say that like as part of your scouting out, uh, you can talk to some like the staff. So not only do you have your private thing, but you also have the staff lines, like shortwave radio. If something were to go wrong, you would also be notified. Good, good, good. Is there anything else in particular that you're on the lookout for? Um, I, I, Oleander does, was going to pick up something. There's probably some sort of gift shop here. Of course there's a fucking gift shop. She can't go to a place like this and not come back with a tacky coffee mug for Kate. 
there is at least a big sign that says gift shop and in the front there is a t-shirt that has the harrison armory symbol but it's wreathed in flame and around it it says harrison armory reactor criminals that's very interesting but she knows she needs a coffee mug <laughs> uh you get a really tacky coffee mug is there anything in particular this coffee mug says uh mug coffee <laughs> <laughs> yes that does Vim have her own uh, merch line yet, besides Bombus? I don't think she's popular enough to, which is why I can't wait to probably, hopefully, do well on this mission. <laughs> Thank you for giving me a mogul. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's probably, I, I don't know, something along the lines of Season's Greetings from C3 or something. <laughs> I think that Dr. Fission will also buy a mug because they see Oleander doing this and think, oh, Joey would like a mug. Joey likes to drink things. Joey would enjoy a mug. And gets him a mug that says something like, My other ride is a Saladin. Fuck it. I, I have that joke <laughs> written out later with a, this thing that says, My other mech is a morning cloak. God damn it. Fuck! <laughs> no, take it. It's okay. I could come up with something else. They get that, and they're gonna give it to Joey later. Beautiful. Are there any other gift shop purchases? Well, yeah, since you said there's a gift shop. <laughs> Lord. I don't know what I would get though. This just is a shopping episode. The important reconnaissance in the gift shop. Yeah. Wait, can I see anyone that maybe has either a mask or a visor or both in the gift shop? Is this like you're on the lookout for someone or you're on the lookout for a really good gift? Because I can't tell. I'm on the lookout for silent because you said that they have bandages over their eyes and their mouth. And I was like, I feel like they would probably want to hide that maybe. So they have Pfizer and a mask. Yeah. Are there like lots of people that are like that or just what? Let's roll for it. Let, okay. Let's do this. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. What am I rolling? You tell me, but I'll say like, again, you can add accuracy because you kind of have the group helping you out in ways. I don't really have anything that fits here. Everything that I have is blow something up, get a hold of something, invent or create investigate but it's research a subject or study something in great detail which i don't think really applies in this situation or have stay cool i could take get a hold of something or like get a hold of information i think that would be really funny if you failed that too <laughs> you know fair let's roll baby all right here we go <laughs> what did you roll it's either really good or really bad i rolled a bad one that's bad but and then i rolled another one on my accuracy <laughs> i rolled two dumb ones you go inside the gift shop and you swear <laughs> to god that the person behind the counter has just like these little wrinkles around his eyes and mouth something like <laughs> a bandage might have been there at one point god damn it. i like go up to them and be like who are you? Uh, me? When did you replace the person that used to work here? What, what are you talking about? Don't I play just... QA with me. I know what you are. Oleander just fades into the background like, I don't know this person. <laughs> I'm just a simple gift shopkeep. Don't try and fool me. I know what you are. Silent. Okay. And he goes silent. He's kind of shaking a bit. No, I didn't mean that you need to go silent. I know that your name is Silent. No, my name's Jim. What? 
yeah, my name's Jim. And he like pulls down his hat and it just shows that like the wrinkles around his eyes are just crow's feet and you've just been badgering this really old guy. <laughs> I like, I go for his face and I'm like feeling it and like stretching out the skin around his eyes and his mouth. Like <laughs> His dentures pop out. Oh no! Oh, oh God! Oh no! No, I, I am so sorry. Uh, and I pick up the dentures very gingerly and I put them back in his mouth. I, I, I am so, so sorry. I thought you were someone else. I think I need you to leave my establishment. And he just gets his cane and starts whacking you on the head with it. Wait! Ah! Ah! No! Over the comms, <laughs> just uh, constantly like how. Are you? How are y'all doing over there? Uh, we're doing great. Whack, whack, whack. <laughs> I'm standing next in line, seeing um Doctor Vision getting whacked, and I'm I'm holding a like a purple space cat plush <laughs> that says I don't know what is this place called again? Uh, the conference is C3. The ship is the point of order or PO. It just says C3PO on the. <laughs> On the face cat's shirt. You got the joke, damn it. I was expecting at least a week turnaround time. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. And um, th that's what's on the space cat's shirt. And and I've just been w standing in line, waiting, watching Vision get beaten by an old man. And then um, I just go, you know, I'll just, um, I'll just, and I just pull out change and I just leave that on the counter and leave. Wait, don't leave me. Pretty boy, wait! Jim goes like, I will expunge you! And hit you again. <laughs> no, no, please, please! I just want to pay for the merchandise and leave! I regret all of this. I, I throw some credits at him and I grab my mug and I run out of there like a bat out of hell. You see, like, two security officers who look kind of beefy, like, start heading your way. And then they see, like, the damage on you. Uh... And Jim kind of, like, sheathing, I suppose, his cane. <laughs> they just both shrug and walk in the opposite direction. <laughs> What's done has been done. God, the, the holidays bring out the worst in people, I swear. <laughs> it's like Black Friday all over again. <laughs> on, a, on a side note, I would like to keep an eye out for the sus activity, but specifically, probably by looking for... We would have to... You, you have to dock, essentially, to get into this ship, right? You either have to dock or you have to have the shield codes that let like some kind of like smaller vessels in. But these cargo bay doors are really only the size of like a modern van. So it's like nothing that substantial can get through. I'd say like maybe a size two mech, but it would take some time. Okay, okay. So then I guess what I'll do is uh, after I buy my thing, um, and I put it, like, safely inside the, like, my mech or something. I would like to go talk to someone with a clipboard. Because then they have clipboard duties, hopefully, with boarding-related stuff. And I would like to work off some charm here and go, Hey, so I'm looking for a woman with braids. Uh, some white guy who never left in emo phase. You know, probably took that My Immortal fanfiction a little too seriously. Saw Death Note once and thought... Kidding it for life. <laughs> the live action or the anime? God, I... This dude seems like really in tune with what you're going down with. Like, yeah, live action or anime? I'm gonna say anime, but they don't look like... But they they, they kin with the, sh with the fucking Shinigami. 
Uh, I got what you're picking down, or putting down, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, one more guy, just a tan guy with like slicked back hair, you know, gel supreme, that kind of thing. Uh, let me uh, check the old clipboard and he flips through this like E clipboard and he's like, no, the only uh, guests of importance are for uh, modem tonight, uh, Mr. Matova and Mr. Silviano. Sorry, man. All right, now here's one more. Here's give me giving it one more shot for the plot. Lay it on me. White emo man is supposed to also have like a really big mech. You wouldn't have happened to have noticed anything. Uh, the biggest mech that we've gotten here is probably just the Drake out in the petting zoo, but that's stripped of basically all weaponry. Other than that, we haven't seen anything though. Could I read him to see if he's lying? Yeah, like inside check, vibe check, like that kind of vibe. I'll just say, because like, it's very clear, like this person's just trying to do his job. Oh, okay, cool. He does it like actually pretty well, but he's just doing a job and he has no reason to lie to you. And there would have been enough prior knowledge to know that you are also there for a protection job. I'll just nod and go, all right, thanks for your help. Anytime, man. You might want to try some chamomile tea, though, afterwards. A bit of citrus. We'll do you some good. I leave. Uh, oh. <laughs> if it's one thing I know, it's self-care and murder, and I leave. Oh, <laughs> Hell yeah. Could I have Constance, uh, while all the shenanigans are going on, I would say she was kind of like, kept a perimeter and just kind of looked. Could I see if she notices anything out of the ordinary, any other like very obvious Lancer looking motherfuckers, stuff like that? Lancer looking motherfuckers specifically? Well, I mean, people that look out of place, like you said, we're we're very much obviously Lancers. And if there's other people here that are Lancers, you know, they're going to be out of place. I'll say that with the original investigation or read a situation role that everyone helped out in, you've been here for like 30 minutes or maybe an hour. You four are probably the only Lancers actually on board. I see. I see. There's like this big clock that chimes fake seven o'clock because time is technically fake. And as soon as it chimes, like this fake light projection snow starts falling from the sky. And like you try to reach out and touch it and it just like it dissolves away because it's only light. You also understand that it probably means the presentation is starting not like soon enough that you have to hurry, but things are getting set in motion. Do we know what the uh, presentation area is going to be like? Is it in its own like little thing that may have like a catwalk or like an area to like view above? There's not really a catwalk. It's actually kind of separated from a bunch of buildings. However, it's a wide enough amphitheater that you can be like on the outskirts and like have room for your mech on the side if you choose to bring it, where you can still like see all the motion in the crowd. Oleander was just doing a thing where she's just going to try to be like above uh, because yet again, she she was black ops and her whole thing is like sniping and things like that. She's sort of like trying to find a place where she can have like a bit of a bird's eye view uh, and not necessarily be noticed. I'd say like the only place besides like actually on top of the stage, like in the rafters would be just outside of the amphitheater at the highest point. And there's like enough people walking by. You can keep your mech back far enough that no one would really notice differently if they were just a lay person. Yeah. 
before it starts, you know, try to keep an eye out, you know, blend into the crowd. Your spot is actually like right next to the hull of the ship, specifically part where there's like this big, thick, like fiberglass wall that you can see directly out into the vacuum of space. And it's kind of surreal. Normally, like these portholes are tiny, but this one is like probably like hundreds of feet long. It's enough. Bruja would definitely have their mech there because they have an atlas frame, so it's only one half. So definitely be on the outskirts. Honestly, I feel like she would just be in it, just at the back. Yeah, and again, it's a size half frame. This is a mech conference. It's not going to be too out of place if there is a just random atlas just out in the back of the crowd or something or wherever you choose to be. Yeah, kind of like maybe not like in the like it's still far away, but closer to the stage side than like in the backpack. Nice. Yeah. Fission, Daybreak, are you two doing anything in particular? Could I somehow convince clientele boss man to just to let me be in my mech and stand like maybe behind them during the conference? Like I look like I'm there for show, but little do they know I am fully licensed and fully jacked up. Yeah, I, I am not safe for children. <laughs> <laughs> what a sentence. Uh, yeah, you could certainly uh, look for Wallace, the boss, yeah. I'll say for like the ease of whatever, while everyone is setting up, you can probably find him backstage. I'd say it's about like 15, maybe 10 minutes before the show really starts. Oh, then I'll just uh, come over. I don't give a shit. I'm cool. Tap him. Go, hey. <laughs> are, wait, are you just like literally walking on stage going through the curtains to see no, this? No, I thought, no, I thought, I thought you said I'd be backstage because <laughs> he's backstage, right? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm trying to figure out how you'd enter. Oh, how I would enter. Well, that's a good question. How much do I actually care? Oh, my God. I am technically a celebrity. Why am I saying technically? That's my background. I'm a celebrity. And so is my mech because that's what the sh that is what my show is about. So I feel like showing up in my mech and stuff like that people will just think I'm a part of the fucking show. So I can just walk on back, see clientele boss man Wallace and and just be like, "Hey, okay, I'm just going to chill here." Uh <laughs> fuck yeah. You go through the front curtain and you see Wallace Middle-aged man, as I said, like slicked back mullet. He has thick blonde mutton chops with like the purple sparkly beard. He has a black glossy suit jacket that also has glare on it. God. Looking at this man is kind of a mimetic hazard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he also is wearing jeans and really, really, really tiny glasses. And I just think that's funny. <laughs> I wear sunglasses and it's dark out and I look at him because that's the only way I can. <laughs> and just go, yeah, hey, um, part of your, um, your crew, just gonna chill back here. Call me if you need me. Call me if you want dinner. I'm cool. You're cool. I'm in my mech now. Thanks. Right before you start talking, he seems like he's like talking to someone else that you can't necessarily see. He's like, oh, well, what? And you see the other person with him, this younger man, probably his late 20s with very thin platinum blonde hair that just kind of goes down to his shoulders, some vitiligo streaking across his hand and face, roll up in a wheelchair, and he looks at you and he's like, um, this is, um, this is one of your security 
I believe, Wallace. And Wallace is like, uh, um, yeah, uh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, what were you, uh, uh, you and the robot, uh, what were you trying to say just now? I got a little distracted. I'm sorry, I'm distracted by that one. And I point to the, <laughs> to, to, to the other, to fucking, um, the one with the, the platinum blonde hair. Point to him, I'm like, sorry, I got distracted by him. Just that I'm going to chill in the back here. And, and yeah, if you need me, call me. But I mean, I'm going to chill here. Uh, yeah, sure. And Wallace looks to this other man. He's like, we will continue this discussion later. And like kind of pokes him in the chest and says, we need to put ourselves on the goddamn map. Something is better than nothing. And walks away with this really hearty looking briefcase and goes to what you imagine to be the green room. And a wheelchair guy just goes, well, it seems uh, my time here is up. Uh, good day. And he starts rolling away. Wait, you're cute. What's your name? Uh, oh my, um, I'm sorry. Uh, it's uh, Reese, uh, Reese Siliano. Uh, I guess you could call me the um, brains behind the operation. Well, I shouldn't really say that. It's not terribly kind, but uh, you understand. Well, you have some sort of fashion sense, so I would call you the brains, yes. <laughs> However, you probably shouldn't wander off on your own right now. And why is that? I thought this was a relatively safe conference, and certainly accessible, and he kind of revs his wheels a little bit. Uh, it could be safe, could be not. Can't be too careful. Hired four of us. He coughs a little bit, and he's like, well, uh, Wallace does have a, let's say, inflated sense of self. I mean, my god, that man's just a human disco ball, I swear. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I am not necessarily needed here any anymore. Starts to roll away again. Dude, just stay. Please don't be sus. <laughs> it, sh okay, fine. And he kind of slowly starts wheeling up to you, and he's like, I really don't belong here. This isn't my scene. If I get seen, I might ask questions. Why? Is it just, is he just supposed to be progress man? Is that, is that what's happening? Um, more like he's the, he's the face of the operation. I'm just the one that puts the things together. He dreams it and I make it a reality, I suppose. I'm not, I'm not a good people person. You understand. Amelia, you might want to take this out. I'm just letting you know, you've given me this and I'm about to derail this whole fucking thing. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, I don't, I don't give a shit about the anime trio anymore. I don't give a shit about them at whatsoever. I want fucking Victor over here. Uh, and you know what? I, I'm going to do it. I don't give a shit. Oh my god. Reese kind of like coughs and like smiles to himself. He's like, well, I appreciate the conversation. I'm begging you here. Please don't be evil. Glorious. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sliding him over the equivalent of my number, of my space number. Call me later. Like, literally, please. You look like you need to be loved, and I am so ready for this. <laughs> Reese blushes heavily. He does, like, the he does the Ghibli thing where his hair just kind of, like, jellyfishes a bit. That's nice. And he just kind of, like, quickly pockets it, and he's like, uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and just jets away. Wait, does his wheelchair have a jetpack on it? Not a jetpack, but it's very, like... But it's a hoverchair. More like it's like partially powered in that like he can control it with his hands. It's like power steering, but for a wheelchair. Dope. Just so I can get back on the plot a little bit over comms, I'm just going to go. Okay, so um, 
client is a visual ticking time bomb. If this were an assassination attempt, he's gone. He's, there's no way we're going to say he's gone. He looks like, oh God, Donald McRonald is what this motherfucker. I see. Oh, no. Yeah, the glittery suit and everything. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, you heard the whole thing. Weird bits of it. You didn't get too close, did you? Because body glitter never comes off. I didn't touch him, no. Oh, that's good. It's on his suit, too, you know? It's embedded on his suit. Because, you know, no one tells you, but that stuff is, like, super radioactive. And it Seriously? Uh. <laughs> no, I, it's really not in real life. Just FYI, if anyone wears body glitter... <laughs> no, it's okay. I know, I know. I'm, I'm Dao. I am I have fat of ass, but, like, dumb okay. at heart. Oh, no, wait. Dumb at mine. <laughs> 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 but that was even more perfect the way fat of acid up apart yeah oh yes yes it's it's very radioactive you know they they try and say oh there's only little particles it's fine you know the ppm is uh, on in safe uh, quantities and uh, let me tell you i've tested that shit and it is not safe there's something they put in it i don't know exactly what it is yet but i will find out I can vouch for what they say. Holy shit. I hate all of this. Trust me. <laughs> I love all of this. Are you talking? What are you? What the no, fuck? This is, this is in character. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie. Now that I know glitter is a little bit radioactive, Um, thank you for that. That's valuable knowledge. Don't ask me why. Great for your enemies, though. Oh, no. Slowly kill them with radiation poisoning. Glitter bombs. Yeah, see, that's why I have my glitter bombs right here. And I show you a pack of glitter bombs. They're glowing green. Oh my fucking god. To get kind of back on the plot, sufficient. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else you're doing to prepare? I'm just shadowing Oleander, I think, and making annoying straw noises still. Oleander, who's like, I must be quiet. No one can see me. And just sip, sip, sip behind. And just like... Yeah. <laughs> I am I'm imagining because you're in the Sagittarius from Sudan, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm imagining that your bow, that every time that a fission sips loudly, your bow actually starts to vibrate. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably. that loud. I am also in my mech now. Are, are we all in mechs? Yeah, sure. I'm sipping in my mech, but you can still hear it. It's just overcome. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. I forgot what I named my mech. It's a long one. Yeah, blessed and highly favored. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. My mech is uh, the kiss goodbye. You are all in getting in your mechs, and you see that in this amphitheater, it's packed. Like, within the last 10 minutes, it's, like, completely filled up. You see, like, in the dead smack middle of this thing, there are officials from IPSN and SSE, two of the biggest mech manufacturers in the galaxy. You see, like, a line of Union soldiers actually kind of, like, outcropping by the stage. It is finally the time of the conference. The fake snow is coming down even more, and you see Wallace walk out with the big briefcase. There's, like, a roaring applause, like, these big hollow displays, like, explode with the word modem. Wallace walks up, and he has, like, one of the really obnoxious, like, Disneyland tour guide kind of microphones that's, like, really God. big, but wired to his ear. And he's like, I am honored to be this C3's capstone for the year. Everyone starts, like, cheering even more. He's like, well, Tom always said, less talk, more rock. And just starts to pull up, like, a bunch of, like, really... Owen. 
fucking Wilson? Is that what you gave us? Um, wow. Wow. There's like this stock footage of like data collecting a grandma like talking with a doctor or something and like a family like playing outside on the uh, with the mom on a computer. And he goes on to say, Modem has been the bleeding edge of personal private data collection from creating non-invasive diagnostic tools for doctors and medical researchers to home and cybersecurity options to advanced cyber suites for use in any theater. And he kind of gives a glance to the soldiers out front and the company execs in the middle of the crowd. Modem was built on understanding the present to ensure the future. But now we're paving our way to a new future, a revolution in the compatibility between mind and matter. As he like taps his head and taps this massive briefcase and he sets it on the ground, the lights kind of go out for a sec. And he says, this is the future of biotechnology. The first non-invasive, non-permanent, localized, companion, concierge-compatible bio-enhancement of its kind. And with that, the crowd just kind of goes silent. This device is capable of advanced sublingual communication, intelligent CompCon assistant, localized Omninet compatibility, and so, so much more without even having to lift a finger. And the best part, because I'm an unoriginal bastard, this man makes a big gesture of like showing off this briefcase, but then kind of like points to something in his pants pocket and reaches inside. He says, the best part is that I'm holding it right now and pulls out a tiny, tiny blue capsule that the hall displays zoom in on as the crowd kind of goes, ooh. Wallace goes on to say, this capsule contains non-reactive nanites that gently localize onto the user's cervical spine and brainstem, begins uploading, downloading a signal similar to the Omninet. What does that necessarily mean? This is basically a computer that you can swallow. But you're not here for the technical jargon. You're here for a demonstration. To our esteemed union forces, may I have a volunteer? This one lady raises her hand. Dr. Fission raises their hand. <laughs> he does not notice you. Dang. <laughs> this is all very pre-rehearsed. This woman comes up in uniform, and in this briefcase, he doesn't actually pull out another pill. He just pulls out a paintball gun. And Wallace is like, now, let me be clear that we have never met, and what you're about to volunteer to do is purely temporary and will be promptly dismissed at your discretion. Do I have your agreement on that? The woman kind of nods a little on, like, yes. He's like, all right. Now, the curtains kind of part to show, like, a target or something. He's like, take this capsule, hands her the little tiny blue pill. Now try firing against this target. Woman basically, like, stands at attention, shoots the target. And they're, like, really good. They're almost on the bull. Uh, he's like, yeah, yeah. What would I expect from Union's Finest? Now, he kind of taps away, like, a personal portable terminal. And on the hollow screens, you see her view from first person. And it's now on all the hollow screens. And it's not even blinking. It's basically just her pure perspective. Now, with the enhancements from what we call the manifold, try shooting that again. And you see, like, on the hollow displays, like, a real-time thing of, like, the trajected accuracy of each shot. And as she goes to line it up... It's like the Robin Hood thing where like the arrows kind of stick onto each other, except it's paintballs, like absolutely perfect shots. 
and the crowd is going nuts. This man is revealing the future of like AI and interpersonal connection that you can just swallow. And he actually pulls out a taser at this point and kind of puts it against this woman's neck. And she goes like, ah. And he's like, the best part of all this is that when we say non-permanent, we mean it. This is only about mm, four to six volts of electricity, but it's enough to send that current right to where the nanites are that will promptly deactivate. And all the crowd's like going nuts or whatever. And it's like a little bit more of technical jargon. You kind of get lost because there's like so many lights and whatnot. I'm going to say you all kind of notice this at the same time, but specifically for the people in the back, you're like kind of distracted because it's getting away from like technical jargon and whatnot and more getting into kind of like showy stuff. You look behind you out to the vacuum of space and you see that the fake snow that's projected light is going outside. And you're like, wait, that shouldn't work. There's nothing that the light can project to. And this fake snow seems to like come down heavier and heavier. You think it's kind of natural, but I'll say that Dao noticed this is first. You hear really muffled music. And then from behind you, you hear a rolling noise, something going at high speed. And you instinctively duck out of the way in time to be this absolutely massive mech comes barreling through the back almost right next to where you were it's basically a tank but in human form these giant treads kind of like spin out and from behind wallace they actually knock into wallace directly and send him flying into the crowd this mech seems to pick up the briefcase that you kind of see on the inside has like probably hundreds of these blue pills. This is all within like a couple of split seconds. You would have time to react anyways. Before that, you hear a message go through on the open comms that say like, Boss, I got the stuff. And then just suddenly this mech that you thought was there just kind of dissipates into snow. And Dao, you see that behind you, it's that same mech with the case, probably about 10 feet away from where you are. I'm gonna look at the mech with my mech and simply go, I'm gonna need that back and you can either do this the easy way or the horny way. You kind of say this and he sees you, he's like, oh crap. And then suddenly it's less of that he teleports and more of your understanding of where he was got jumbled up and now he seems to be somewhere else. And you see that it's about 10 feet behind you running away. Mm, horny way. Yes, we're running now. I'm a fast boy. Uh, I will overcome. Go, I got one. I got one behind my location. Shit. On you. On the way. And I'm going to start moving. I'll say that you all can get ready in like an equal amount of time. Fission in the Curie, Oleander in the Sagittarius, Dao in the Nelson, and Ruha in the Atlas. Yeah, we definitely already been in there. And as soon as this should start going off, I think Ruha would have just started booking it that way. You're all giving chase, and this one mech, you assume this to be silent. Something's really off. You have a bean on him the whole time, but every time you get close, it's like what you thought was silent is now somewhere else. And it's always like just a little out of your reach. And he seems to be trying to get somewhere really quickly. As you're running down, all of the mechs in the petting zoo were supposed to like go in like aggressive mode when something went wrong. But for some reason, like all of the mechs are just splayed out 
making it difficult for you to get to where you're going. For this, to keep it interesting and less hand-wavy, I want you all to give me a roll with whatever skill check you want. If you roll really well, either like hull, agility, systems, or engineering, you can get there with no complications based on what happens. It's going to be risky, and if you don't succeed in a specific role, it's not going to like terribly inconvenience you, but it's going to make the first round of whatever combat slightly more interesting. Like you might get there a little late if you don't do so well on an agility roll. You might get there with a little less health if you fail the hull roll or something. Okay. Mine is going to be agility. Mine will also be agility since it makes the most sense I'm chasing. I have a feeling we have a lot of agility rolls coming up. I'm going to be doing hull. I think I'm going to do uh, engineering. Okay, cool. So are we rolling that with a difficulty die? I'd say no difficulty, but if you don't get a 20, there is going to be some consequence. But if you get a 10 or above, it's not going to be so bad. I mean, I got a 19, so... Hey. No pressure. Jesus goddamn fucking Christ. I got a two. <laughs> that's better. Oh my God. Plus three, so that's five. Yeah, that's better than two. <laughs> the best way to put it is, damn me for rolling high, also on difficulty dies. There's no difficulty on this. Oh, 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 oh. Because you said risky, so I, I assumed that means there's difficulty. My bad. Never mind then. 18. I got a 14. Okay, so we have three mixed successes and one failure. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry? That's what it is? No, lay it on me. Bruja, you're basically able to more or less batter your way through. It's basically a wall of deactivated mechs and just like other random buildings that this guy just happens to be going across. You can weather it mostly fine. However, you're going to take a bit of damage. Valid. Just three kinetic. Owie. For those that did agility, you're mostly able to dodge out of the way, but if you want to like keep pace, you kind of have to expend some resources. So the first round, you won't have access to, to a reaction, at least until the end of your turn. Okay. And for poor fission, you basically try to overload your mech system in order to more effectively get there, but <laughs> you just can't necessarily keep pace and your mech is starting to like take on some heat. And I'd say that you take three heat as part of the failure. Good times. Good times. You're like sprinting in your mechs for like five minutes and you hear on the open comms, Boss, what are we supposed to do with this? And you hear on the other line a really crackly like, God damn it, drop off this in here yet. Get here, I suppose, and we'll hold him off as best we can. All the while, this like really cheesy Christmas music is just playing in the background. And eventually, <laughs> you do get back where you entered in like this Times Square, Jordan's furniture looking space. You're kind of on the outskirts of this center. And in the middle of it, you see four mechs. You see a kind of wiry super suit looking guy that just seems to like constantly be like moving and grooving. <laughs> Standing next to them is a slightly bigger mech feminine form and she's like standing like very tall and stoic and with like a big staff and then next to them you see this big fucking mech go up to them like okay what do i do boss and behind them all you see 
what appears to be a big fucking nutcracker. <laughs> what? <laughs> All the while, like, you gather that as you're chasing, this fake snow gets heavier and heavier, and you realize the source of it is this dancing dude. Are we fighting fucking weather report? <laughs> oh, you wish. And the dancing dude <laughs> looks at you and kind of points. He's like, God damn it, I didn't think there would actually be fucking lancers here. And the taller mech kind of looks down and goes, Brother, relax. We just have to wait this out. Simple as that. If we can stall them, then we've already won. And the big mech kind of like puts his fists together and like, Yeah, just kind of beat him to a pulp. And the nutcracker doesn't necessarily do anything. And may I specify that like you can clearly see all of them, although something is weird. Your sensors show where they are, but it says that there are five things in range. And there's one relatively close by, and you don't know why you can't see it. 